Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense. Common knowledge. Or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do. But only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Before we begin, a note from our sponsor. I'm Richard Jacobs, Executive Director of the nonprofit Finding Genius Foundation and host of the Finding Genius Podcast. In late 2016, I was rear-ended at 65 miles an hour by a truck on the highway, which sent me off-road into a ditch. The impact of the collision gave me a concussion and other injuries. At the hospital, a CT scan showed that I had thyroid nodules, which turned out to be cancer. It was then, when I had a biopsy in my neck, that I realized, even if I was a millionaire, I wouldn't want a second or a third biopsy due to the pain and the invasiveness of it. And appointments at that time for thyroid experts were three to six months out. And I was worried about dying now, even if that was irrational. So because of this, I've decided to raise money to conduct a literature review on steroids, on the causes of anxiety and depression, a condition that affects well over 50 million people in the United States and hundreds of millions worldwide. Our goal is to create a codex, a guide that reveals all possible treatments for anxiety and depression for people that live with the condition or for loved ones that have it, as my wife and my son do. To find out more about our fundraiser, visit FindingGeniusFoundation.org and click on Current Initiatives. And now, to our guest. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast, now part of the Finding Genius Foundation. A quick note about the foundation. We've started on our Anxiety and Depression Codex. So the goal is to create a low or no-cost resource for people that suffer from anxiety and depression or people that know people that suffer. And what we're doing is we're going over about 5,000 different uh, sources of data. So peer-reviewed papers, videos, interviews, books, etc. And the goal is to assemble as many possible treatments for anxiety and depression in one place. And again, for people suffering or people that know people that do. So to find out more, go to FindingGeniusFoundation.org. And uh, thank you for listening. Today, my guest is Michael Bartholomews. Uh, he's the CEO of what's called TrueTag, T-R-U. T-A-G, True Tag. And we're going to talk about his work uh, in terms of making drugs, uh, I guess, more known and more safe and knowing exactly what you're going to be taking. So, Michael, thank you for coming. It's a pleasure to be here, Richard. How do you do? Yeah, so tell me a bit about your background. How did you get to where you are today? I'm a formally trained solid-state physicist and materials engineer, Richard. Uh, and, uh, you know, from, uh, from those beginnings, I've really went into technology and enterprise management and have participated in a wide range of businesses over my career and, uh, and worked my way to, to TrueTag, an assignment I'm extremely excited about. What's the premise of TrueTag? What's, what's the idea for the company? A TrueTag fundamentally was founded to solve the very large problem of counterfeit pharmaceuticals. So counterfeit pharmaceuticals is, a, is a, a massive problem that very few people know about, Richard. In the last 20 years, it's resulted in the death of about 20 million people and uh, the loss of wellness of, of a whole lot more. And it costs the global economy about two to $300 billion a year in economic loss. So this is a profound issue, and the company was ideally suited with some of its technology to address this issue and provide the public and private sector with tools to, to, to combat the problem. Yeah, I've heard about generic drugs versus, um, you know, brand names and that 
some of them made overseas are not made up to standard. But counterfeit drugs, is that totally different? Is that another level of this problem or how do they enter into the market? Yes, I mean, counterfeit drugs would be where, where the patients, the patient, the pharmacies uh, are, are buying products that they think are branded products by branded uh, pharmaceutical comp- companies. And in fact, what's inside of them is fake. It's either, it's, it's fake, it's substandard. And the, the root cause of that problem, Richard, is all track and trace in pharma today is on the packaging level, right? Barcodes, QR codes on packets, uh, bottles, blister packs. But the reality is once the pills are out of the packaging, all bets are off. A legitimate product can be substituted in perfectly legitimate packaging and, uh, and the supply chain and the patient are none the wiser. So that's the root cause of the problem. And it's not just, a, it, just a, it doesn't only affect gen- generics. It affects the brands and significantly so. Yeah, that would be pretty messed up. You know, let's say you had an organ transplant and you need stuff to suppress your immune system and you get fake drugs and you reject the transplant. I mean, this could be incredibly bad for people that have counterfeit drugs. Yeah, and, and you know what's, 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 tragic, uh, what's tragic, Richard, is over 50% of the counterfeit drugs are categorized as life-saving related drugs. So, you know, you're talking about drugs, uh, drugs used to treat HIV, cancer, diabetes um it's it's a it's a real tragedy because this is where the the, the severe mortality and, and morbidity comes into play you know I've, i take some pills occasionally and i can see some of them will have little numbers engraved on them you know or imprinted into them or names or little cuts in them um but but how can you do anything on the pill level not just the packaging level to make sure you got the right drug there so true tag all pills, Richard, uh, capsules and tablets, so anything, anything patients uh, swallow and ingest, they have a material called silica. Uh, silica is a fancy name for sand, for silicon dioxide, and it's smaller than a human hair. There are hundreds of these particles on these pills, and it's because it's an, an anti-caking agent. It's a desiccant. You find silica in everything. It's in baby formula to keep baby formula from clumping. It's the same reason it's in pharmaceuticals. And these silica particles, if you look at them under a microscope, look like grains of sugar or grains of salt. And what TrueTag has done, we have figured out how to functionalize them. So let's say a pharma company is making its drugs. Instead of ordering regular silica, it orders smart silica. And in so doing, that pill has become a data point. So we are able to make every pill a a data point that you can then read using a mobile phone. So the pharma companies monitoring their supply chains, the healthcare providers, the patients can ensure that the actual pill that they are going to swallow is the real deal, is an authentic product. And we do it with, for want of a better, you know, for from an illustrative purpose, are microscopic, invisible, edible barcodes. So you really are now protecting the, the pill itself and you're digitizing medicine. So we are, we are a front runner in the whole digital medicine space. Yeah, that's interesting. So, I mean, would you use, like, let's say I have a bottle of pills. Would I take the pill out that I'm going to have and put it like on my smartphone and there would be an app, let's say they would read the, the barcode off that pill or how would it work? Yeah, it's, it's very, apart from the fact that you can't see these little um, uh, micro tags, it works very much like you would use a QR code reader, you know, where you download the app, you just point the camera, press the button, and it'll go, yep, this is authentic product. If you'd like more information, click here. If you'd like to interact, you know, with the customer service agent. So it's not just ensuring the veracity of what patients are taking, but it sets up a platform for interaction, for patient care, 
It's a it's it's more of an it's it's greater than authentication play. It touches on issues like clinical digital trials, uh, medication adherence, patient engagement. Once you make every pillar data point, there's a lot of power in what you can do to benefit uh, the patients and their health outcomes. But again, on the um, on the individual patient level, how do they? test the pill that they're about to take it's, it's exactly like you said richard so you'd either take a pill and you just with your app you know you just open your app and you snap a shot of the pill or you just have the bottle there and you just point the point the camera into the bottle and you'll you'll get you'll get a surety that the product in there is authentic is there a back-end tracking like let's say i have 30 pills of you know abc medicine each time i take a pill and i scan it will the system know okay there's only four left time to reorder or, you know, it would alert me, hey, you've only got four left. Yeah. Make sure you, you know, you re- refresh it. Yes, Richard, you, you hit, a, hit upon a key point, right? The company has started out the initial use case is authentication, but now we go to medication adherence. And, and, and you know, you've honed in, the, honed in on that very fast. So there are patient engagement programs today. So if, let's say, the patient um, from their healthcare provider downloads a an adherence app, then you're absolutely right. If the patient is engaging with their medication, it can keep track of what they're taking, when they're taking. If there's an issue, it can send out reminders to take missed medication. It can send out reminders to refill. So it really enhances medication adherence that, as I'm sure you know, Richard, is a a massive problem, right? Only 50% of patients take their medication as prescribed, when prescribed, for the duration, uh, which which means refilling. So medication adherence is a, is a massive problem burdening the healthcare system today. Before we continue, I've been personally funding the Finding Genius podcast for four and a half years now, which has led to 2,700 plus interviews of clinicians, researchers, scientists, CEOs, and other amazing people who are working to advance science and improve our lives and our world. Even though this podcast gets 100,000 plus downloads a month, we need your help to reach hundreds of thousands more worldwide. Please visit FindingGeniusPodcast.com and click on Support Us. We have three levels of membership from 10 to $49 a month, including perks such as the ability to see ahead in our interview calendar and ask questions of upcoming guests, transcripts of podcasts you're interested in, the ability to request specific topics or guests, and more. Visit FindingGeniusPodcast.com and click Support Us today. Now, back to the show. Well, what about, um, let's say you have an opioid and you don't want anyone else to use it, only, you know, Bob, who got the prescription for it. Can you also create a code on their phone so that um, not only are they scanning, but, you know, it, it's saying, okay, Bob took this pill, not anyone else. So you could prevent him giving it to other people that shouldn't be having it. Like, I guess, in essence, you're granting a limited license along with the pills for that particular person. Yes, I, I think, you know, and I think if, if we were to step back, I think it comes down to, to so the, the simple answer to your question is yes. Um, certainly the, the, the complexity is in, in, in rolling out those programs, but we already have customer care programs, whether it's through healthcare providers, through pharmaceutical companies. So you can absolutely do that. I, I think the way to think of it is a platform play. Once you, once you digitize the pills and make them data points, the backend software, whatever you're trying to achieve, whether it's adherence or monitoring controlled substances, ensuring authenticity, all of these issues can be covered with the right backend and patient engagement and incentive programs. Yeah, what's what's the most important aspect of these pills? Is it preventing counterfeits or is it um, ensuring you know compliance that you're taking all the pills or is it making sure that they don't fall into the wrong hands? 
or do all these things kind of come together to make the product right? All these things come together to make the product right, Richard. But in terms of precedence, there's a different way to look at it, and it's really rollout. So if, you know, it's easier, the initial solution of managing authenticity, authentication within the pharma supply chain is the easiest path to the adoption of this technology because the pharma companies adopted to manage their own supply chains. So that's a, that's a B2B play. The next step is then in increasing the efficacy of clinical digital trials, which is straightforward for adoption because it's still within the pharma ecosystem. The third stage is when this now starts to get pushed out to care providers and to patients themselves, which is a heavier lift. And that really comes down the pike with, uh, with, with broader adoption by the pharma companies. So it's kind of a, if you, if that's how I would uh, prioritize it, then it's very much just really from a market adoption and growth standpoint. Are there any ways to, um, to get information about the efficacy of a given pill in a given person? Are there other codes that you can embed that, you know, once it hits the stomach acid, the code gets dissolved and no longer appears there? Or, you know, once it gets to the intestines, then something's activated that activates a new code to show you that it's gotten to that point. Any thoughts there? That our technology, our technology stops the moment the patient engage, uh, consumes the pill. The silica microtags actually dissolve in stomach acid and are passed out in the, in the, in the urine. So once the patient um, swallows the pill, there is no more functionalization or measurement or monitoring. But typically, you know, as you look at the, the broader digital medicine movement, people are wearing, you know, have wearables that are reporting biometrics back to their care providers. And once you integrate these platforms, you know when patients are taking, when, who is taking what, when, and then there's biometric feedback to their healthcare providers, you're now starting to see this real shift into personalized medicine, patient-specific medicine. And, and that's, where, that's where medicine is going today. And, and you know, TrueType provides one of other tools that, as an integrated whole, really enable personalized medicine. If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. Is there any use in it for generics versus uh, brand names, or is this really only going to be used by brand names, you think? I think it'll be used by both. Initially, certainly the, you know, the adoption is occurring with the brands as an initial step, but you're also seeing you know, generics. There are many tiers of generics, right? It, this, is, this is a trust play. So brands want to be trusted because there's a, there's a lot of brand, there's a, a big brand protection and risk mitigation play around that. Well, generics who are also looking at, um, at developing, developing, developing trust, developing, uh, you know, trust in the whole ecosystem, there will be adoption there. And this is really also driven by, you know, the emerging prevalence of online pharma. So online pharma has disintermediated a lot of the checks and balances when pharmaceutical products enter enter the general market and the patient population. So I think both brands and generics are going to be exerting themselves to a much larger degree to ensure that when the pills reach the patients that there is trust developed in the in the purveyor of those products. So uh, how long do you think this will be until it's in pharmacy and in widespread use? And where do you think the first adoption is going to come from? So we will, uh, the, the company's solution will be on shelf with um, key key medications uh, next year in twenty in twenty twenty two, 
and um, broad scale adoption will start to take hold i would i would estimate in the 2024 2025 time frame so you know you'll first go on to a handful of drugs then dozens of drugs and then hundreds of drugs there's over 13000 different formulations drugs manufactured each year so this is a, a vast ecosystem that we're migrating into do you think that this would apply to iv delivered drugs or is this just pills like are there any other form factors where this would be useful very, very relevant question richard so certainly with the you know with with the covid pandemic there's been a lot of awareness general awareness in the public and private sector around security of biologics right injectables and uh, trutag actually is engaged in that arena as well now in the biologics we don't go into the liquid that's that's injected into people but in that particular case we do protect the vials so all vials have data carriers like qr codes or serial codes which are extremely easy to defeat right you just need a high high high, uh, high resolution copier and you can knock off barcodes and qr codes well we can go into the ink that's used to print those codes so and our software can be can be um, patched you know can be blended into qr code or, or, or serial code reader software so we add add that additional security step into the incumbent base of track and trace for biologics so we're actually working in that uh, working in that arena richard well very cool so what's the best place for people to keep tabs on these products for true tag where can they go to learn more I would say uh, definitely our website. So it's uh, you know www.truetags.com, and that's we we always update uh, all, always update sort of the state state of the union, where the industry is, where we are. We have podcasts and we have white papers and news articles and and, and a lot of information there to to try to uh, try try to pass on uh, you know to to to, to share with uh, both the ph pharmacy and healthcare uh, system, but also with the, the general patient population public. Well, very good. Well, Michael, thank you for coming. And this is like a super interesting technology that I could see would have a lot of uses. It was uh, it was my pleasure. Rich. If you like this podcast please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.